Ever since I was 18, I found myself always seeking out mentors, coaches, therapists, and personal development programs to really help me navigate different seasons and chapters in my life. I would say in my early 20s, it was all about discovering who I was outside of my parents and outside of the childhood that I had and just making sense of all those things, learning how to forgive, learning how to accept circumstances that had happened and not let it limit me, and just becoming more aware of some of the patterns that were destructive and that I knew weren't going to serve me in the long run. Then I would say in my mid-20s, I sought out mentors and coaches and programs to really help me navigate relationships and intimacy and break through some of my limiting beliefs and trust and power dynamics. And I was also stepping into a world of really owning and discovering my sexuality and starting my entrepreneurship journey. And so I was also seeking out business mentors, all the things that I didn't have within my family that I couldn't ask my parents necessarily. I've always innately at my core have always known that unless I sought out other wisdom and other knowledge and education and people who were at faces in their life, both personally and professionally, in ways that I wasn't, I was never going to get there. Today, it really is about how to grow my business and integrate both my personal and professional life. That's what this episode is all about. This year, I have hired and invested into three huge mentorship programs. I want to be able to share with you the biggest lessons I've learned from my three mentors that have completely changed my outlook in business. And I wouldn't say I'm at the end of the rainbow. I'm still figuring things out, still testing things, putting things into place. But the stuff I've learned this year has been some of the best things I've ever learned in my entire life. And it's also cost me the most as well. I think this year, if I really put the numbers down, I have spent over $20,000, $25,000 on the mentorship programs and it's all been worth it. And so instead of you guys spending that $20,000, I want to, in this episode, share with you some of the most impactful things that I've learned from that investment, and hopefully it helps to transform and give you the space to reflect what it is that you need to change in your business, what you want out of your business, and how you want to enter in the next year. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jade Hernandez, a camouflage tattoo artist and educator. I help beauty bosses effectively market their business and become the authority in their field, close more leads, and make more money. In the past six years, I've launched two successful beauty businesses to multiple six figures with over 100 five-star raving reviews and several media press spotlights. While most marketers will tell you to hustle and work harder for success, I'll show you how to create more value from the inside out so that you work less, make more, and truly expand and transform your business and life. This is the Beauty Expanded Podcast. One of the best things that you can experience in life is a change of perspective. A lot of what we do and we don't do is within our minds. And I think seeking out mentors, business coaches, business programs, personal development coaches, therapy, counselors, all of that helps to accelerate the speed in which you transform your life, have life-changing breakthroughs, and even simply just getting out of your own way. I think for me, that personal development journey just started really early because I knew that I had grown up in a dysfunctional family. That I knew. I also knew very early on that if I ever wanted to break through from some of those patterns, from the destruction, the negativity, the judgment, and excel in life in a way that was a complete 180 from the upbringing that I had, that I needed to invest in myself and seek out others that could show me that it was possible to live a different way, to be a different person. Especially when I became a mother, I was so scared and so freaked out that for whatever reason, I was going to be just like my mom was to me. And It took a lot of support from a personal development company that I was a part of for a really, really long time. 
I am so thankful and grateful for their support, but they literally held my hand through the whole experience. And when I didn't have faith in myself, they had it for me. Now that I am a mother, I'm just so proud of who I am with my son. And it's silly to even think that I was so freaked out. But, you know, those are real things that people struggle with. I mean, whether it's motherhood or entrepreneurship or relationships and divorce, life has many challenges and barriers and all of them are there to help us grow. And I do believe our soul deep down chooses the parents that we have and chooses the lessons way before we ever step on this earth. I get a ton of people who always ask me, especially when they do end up finding out about my past, how did you do it? How are you not jaded? How are you not victim? Like, how are you where you are today? Or even when it comes to business, like, how did you think of that? How are you not stressed? How do you not worry about inflation or the recession? And a lot of that is because I literally have invested in mentors who have taught me different ways to shift my perspective so that I can grow beyond the limitations of my own mind. And when I think about all the therapy sessions that I've had, you know, the sessions that I've had with my coaches, et cetera, a lot of it is simply just helping me shift my perspective. And then once you shift your perspective, because everything really is all perspective, then many more doors open for you and many more options So that puts a lot of power back into your hands. And when I think about personal power, which is something that I have really dived into this year for me personally, is how do I own my personal power? How do I begin to not be affected by other people's judgments and not be afraid to say what I want to say or be the person that I am? How do I live a more integrated, organic, authentic life? On the other side of that, I also wanted to get into a place where I could be amongst mentors who had a different relationship with their money and their business because I have struggled with overworking, always going at a hundred, you know, in anything that I do. And that's not fulfilling. And I actually just recently experienced the biggest burnout I have ever experienced before. And it was really, really bad. I mean, it got to a point where I literally did not want to look at my phone. I didn't want to come into work. And I was so turned off by anyone asking me a question. And it's never been like that. I remember telling my husband one night because I was just so stressed. And I was like, if I could live the rest of my life not ever helping anyone out, I would be so happy. Like, I don't even want to help give directions for someone. I cannot handle one request for any sort of help. And I know that that's not me. That is not my life purpose. I know that's not why I'm here on this earth. But I was so burned out and disconnected and actually kind of angry, not only with myself, but just with people in general. I didn't like having that emotion sit within myself. When we were talking at dinner, I said, I think I'm going to take most of December off, maybe work the first week of December and then just take a few weeks off so that I can regroup and create that space to be more creative and figure things out. But I really, really just need space to do nothing. And I remember him asking, well, what are you going to do with your business? And I was so pissed. He didn't say anything wrong, but I was just so burnt out that I was like, I don't fucking care. I don't care about my business. I'm going to just let it go. It'll be fine. I have money saved up. Don't worry about that. He wasn't asking me that question in a place of fear of, well, what are you going to do? You just can't stop working. In fact, he was asking me from a place of curiosity, like, well, what are you going to do with your business? Like, what's your goal? But I was so burnt out that that question in itself felt like someone was asking me for something, which was to make a decision about the growth of the business for the well-being of the business. And that's when I realized I needed to just take a few days off. It's funny how the universe works because you can only go at 100 miles per hour for so long until you end up getting sick, until something physically happens to you that forces you to shut down. I'm pretty sure we got COVID. I didn't get tested, but all the symptoms were there. 
So I was forced to shut down. And typically, even if I'm sick, I'll still work. But this time, I literally cannot muster up enough energy to do anything. I think I slept for two days straight and then slowly came back to life. And I had that brain fog, which made it really difficult for me to focus on my business. So instead of exerting more energy and fighting that fog, I just succumbed to it. I signed up for a painting class online that I've always wanted to do, started painting and creating art from a solo act that didn't require anyone to be a part of that. I wasn't creating art for anyone. I wasn't creating it for money, for business or anything like that. It was just simply for me to try something new, be new at something and just do it simply because I wanted to. Through that, I finally got back into alignment. But it was a big learning lesson for me because, again, I had never experienced that sort of burnout before. And I know that deep down, that's not what I'm here to do, which is, you know, not help people. I think all of us here have a purpose and it does involve communities and it does involve helping people in some way. But it was a great lesson for me and I'm so grateful for that. So with that being said... I am diving back into my mentorships, reviewing some of the past recordings that I've missed, and I will be taking some time off in December to get into a place of being and resting so that I can really figure out what I want to do next year for our business. I think I'm the type of person that's always evolving, so that isn't new to me, but I still don't have a very clear idea of what that looks like and what I have envisioned for next year. I do know from the burnout some of the things I don't want, so that's a starting point, but I'm not really quite sure how it all looks for next year and what I want. In this episode, I am going to be sharing with you some of the biggest lessons that I've learned from the three mentors that I've had. I've invested over $20,000 for sure on all of these three mentors, and it's been worth every penny. When you know I started this episode talking about the change of perspective, If anything, that's what's really helped me. It's been invaluable for me to learn from people who are running seven-figure businesses and working literally 10, 15 hours a week, being able to learn their perspectives on how to attract money, on how to run your business, on just different ways to look at things. I think as entrepreneurs, if you are an entrepreneur, you're most likely listening to this episode. And it's because we do think of things differently. We created things out of our own dreams and our thoughts. And that's what entrepreneurs do is we do think of things differently. What these mentors have helped me with this year is help shift my perspective on work-life balance, on money, and how to run your business. I'll include in the show notes their podcasts. All of them run their own podcasts, so you can check them out and check out their episodes. And of course, check them out online, Instagram, all of that stuff. I will share that in the show notes, but let's begin. The first mentor that I'm going to introduce you to, his name is Jim Fortin, and he's a subconscious transformational coach. The reason why I was drawn to Jim is because last year, I've I've done a couple episodes on this, but last year I was in a place where I really wanted to focus on mastering my relationship with money. My business was running smoothly. My relationships were going great. My health was going great as well. So that was the one piece, like if I were to kind of measure everything out in a chart, That was the one piece that was the the lowest. Not that it was bad, but I knew that there was a lot more room to grow in regards to money. And I remember I was listening to someone else's podcast and they were actually interviewing Jim Fortin. And I was just completely drawn to him because he explained things so differently when it came to money and tapping into your subconscious, retraining your subconscious mind. And I remember specifically, he said, money is the easiest thing to attract. Like what? I had never heard anyone ever say that. That's what drew me in. So I started listening to his podcast. He runs a transformational program twice a year, I think. That may have changed. And I just signed up to be on the wait list to learn more about him when that opportunity came. So long story short, opportunity came. I signed up. And I learned so much about my own subconscious reprogramming, 
and about money. And it was a really great program because small things that I would implement into my business and into my subconscious and into my mind completely transformed the way that I view money now today. I used to be the type of person that would always check my bank account on a daily basis. I would make great money, but I was always afraid that I would lose it. I would just hoard it and just have such a tight grip on it. As you can imagine, that's stressful. And then you get to a point where you can't even really enjoy when you do make money because you're always focused on when is the shoe going to drop. Today, that's completely shifted. I rarely check my bank account. Actually, this morning I did. I was like, you know what? I should probably check my bank account just to be sure everything's okay. And I just checked it. I don't freak out. I'm not in fear. I'm not afraid when things are a little bit slower. I'm not afraid of inflation. I'm not afraid of the recession. I have a very, very loose grip on my money. I donate and give money and tip more generously than I ever have before without any fear that somehow if I give more, I'm not going to get it back in return. It just flows. It's so easy. I don't stress about it. It's one of the last things that I think about. This year, I have definitely grown my business, almost doubled my sales than I have last year. A lot of that I can attest to is through Jim Fortin's transformational program. One of the biggest things that Jim talks about in the beginning of his program is you are where your attention is. And I really love that because if you are freaking out about money, then all you're going to do from a vibrational standpoint is begin to attract more scarcity and more fear in your life. The easiest way to explain this and like how powerful our mind is, is to think about the last time you were upset with someone or frustrated. The more you think about that person and what they did, the bigger it becomes in your head, the more entrenched you are in it, the more mad you get. You begin to feel it in your body and it just keeps brewing and brewing and magnifying. That's where Jim begins his program is he begins to help you understand how your mind works and how powerful it is and also that you are the thinker of your thoughts and that you actually have the power on what it is that you spend your attention on. Today, for an example, a lot of artists in some of the forums are talking about how things are slow and the recession and inflation and they're freaking out about their businesses. I'm hearing about layoffs from clients that are coming in and I'm seeing it on Facebook. I'm noticing it, but I'm not becoming succumb to it. Like it doesn't have to be my circumstance. That doesn't have to be my reality. A lot of times with Jim, he does ask you, where is your attention? And wherever your attention is, is that serving you? Because if it's not serving you, how else can you think about this? Where else can you point your attention to that is actually going to serve you? That's going to be more resourceful for you. The reality is your thoughts are illusions. They're fleeting. They're just like emotions. You can be happy one minute and then get a negative comment online or talk to a friend who said so-and-so said this about you and you can immediately be upset. It's very fleeting just as our thoughts are. But what's real is our ability to think. And we are the thinker of our thoughts. So if our thoughts are just illusions, we can begin to control our thoughts by what it is that we want to think about and where we focus our attention on. This has been huge, especially when it comes to money because people who struggle with money always obsess over money. And yet people who make a lot of money rarely ever think about money. So it's almost kind of like, as he says, the people that are most stressed, that don't have a lot of money and let that consume them, that circumstance, that reality, are the ones that quote unquote need the most money. And yet, isn't it interesting that the people that have the most money, they don't need it, but they're the ones that have it. And just really love how he explains and opens up the doorway for us to begin to explore the limiting beliefs that we have and how he is a prime example of someone who grew up in poverty and all through his subconscious mind began to change his circumstances, his perspective, his world, and now is a billionaire who lives in Sedona in a beautiful home and like literally works 10, 15 hours a week, just living his best life. The other thing that Jim talks about is if you have low self-worth, 
then you can't value the value that you create. And this was instrumental for me as a business owner and that I always try to instill with my students who train with us is that you have to value the value that you create. And if you innately have a low self-esteem, low self-worth, then it's going to be impossible for you to hold the value, for you to own the value that you create and ask and receive the prices that you want for your business and services. That was huge. And I remember during that week, he had suggested a few books for us to read, but really it was answering a set of questions that really got you to reflect and honestly look at how much you love yourself. And I know it sounds so simple, but I would say a lot of us struggle with our own self-worth, our own confidence. We see clients every week who have a low regard for themselves. It's very easy for us to be extremely critical of our looks, of our accomplishments. We tend to focus on the negative, the lack, right? We're not doing enough. There's more things for us to do. We're not where we want to be. We're a failure, all of those things. When you love something, you take care of it. And when you have low self-esteem, that tends to lead to a variety of things, whether it's drugs, alcohol, self-sabotaging behaviors. It all starts with really beginning to discover who you are and accepting who you are and having that be good enough so that way you can value yourself and then also value what you create. And that receiving aspect of it, which flows into money and setting up your business in a way that you charge for the value that you create. The other thing that Jen opened up my eyes on was that money does not come from hard work. And this was a big one for me because I grew up with hardworking parents. I was always a daycare YMCA kid because my parents were always, always working. Remember, I would do performances and dance and my parents would never show up to any of my shows because they were working. I have to be careful with this even with my own son because work is a huge part of my life and I do enjoy it but sometimes I have to remind myself that I do need to be here or I do need to cancel this day because I need to be with my son and figure it out. But going back to what Jim taught me was the analogy of the person that's working on the streets, the construction worker that's drilling holes in the cement, hard, hard labor work in 100 degree weather, especially in Arizona, and just really challenging my perspective about hard work equates to money by simply reminding me that if that was true, because there are a lot of people who work really, really hard jobs, they would be millionaires and they're not. That one perspective shift blew my mind. It made me begin to really challenge that within myself because innately, that's what I've always believed is you're not going to be a millionaire. You're not going to be where you want to be unless you work your ass off. Here he is telling me that that's absolutely untrue. And if it was true, then why aren't those construction workers working on the side of the road in 100 degree weather not millionaires? And that was mind-blowing to me. As easy as that sounds, like that really, really challenged me to be like, wait, you're right. That's ridiculous. The last thing I wanted to share that Jim Fortin talks about is the law of compensation. The law of compensation says that you will be paid in direct proportion to the value that you give into the world. So if you solve bigger problems, you're going to attract more money. The bigger the problem, the more money you charge because the bigger the value. When I do my marketing posts and when I talk to clients, it's not a tattoo that I'm selling them. It's not just the camouflaging aspect of it. It's so much bigger than that. It's allowing them to feel free in their body. It's allowing them to stop the negative chatter, the criticism. It's allowing them to love themselves on a deeper level. It's allowing them the freedom to essentially be themselves and not have to hide or try and cover up their image. And what that does for them internally. It allows them to grow into full acceptance. And the more that you accept yourself, the more confident you're going to be. What we do is so much more than just tattooing. And that's what I sell is the possibility of having that. Jim also introduced me to hypnosis, which I love. I, I haven't done one in a while, but I was really consistent with doing a hypnosis when I was first releasing some of the money blocks that I had on a subconscious level that I wasn't even aware of truly, because usually when you're struggling with something, it's hard for you to look at it 
clearly because it's uncomfortable, right? Like to look at our weaknesses. That's what those hypnosis really helped me do was to bring it up in a way that I could begin to release them and realize that they were illusions, that they weren't real. And I also did a speaking engagement earlier this year in Vegas, public speaking, speaking to a ton of other artists in the industry. And so I did self-hypnosis audio tracks to help me feel more comfortable public speaking. And I was so comfortable on stage, felt like I was just talking to my friends, sharing what I had to share and just helping them. And it was a very, very enjoyable experience. I'm a huge fan of hypnosis. I'm not a huge meditator. Like if I silence my mind, because I do believe in being in silence, I just can do it for a couple of minutes. But it's not something that I am consistent with. And I really like hypnosis because it's a bit different. It's kind of like guided meditation, but a little bit deeper than that. There's a website called hypnosisdownloads.com, which has a variety of hypnosis audio tracks that you can listen to based on what it is that you're working on. There's relationship stuff, health stuff, dieting, losing weight, money stuff, anxiety. That's a huge one on there. And they're anywhere between six dollars to fifteen dollars a track i would highly suggest that if you're interested in testing out hypnosis it's nothing to be afraid of it just gets you into a deeper state of meditation so that way you can begin to tap into your subconscious which is where everything stems from so that is what i learned and have gravitated towards the most through jim fortin's program the next person I want to introduce you to is Brandon Lucero. He's awesome. I'm currently still training with him, actually. And his specific niche is messaging. So he is in the marketing a business world, but he does things a little bit differently because he also works through the subconscious. He helps you create messaging within your programs, your website, your social media, all of the above. But more so, he helps you to be extremely intentional with how you say things, with how you communicate things so that it reaches someone's subconscious mind and gets them to be like, bingo, you're the person that's for me. One of the biggest things that I learned through Brandon's program is that specificity sells, which means that in this day and age, everyone's online, especially after COVID, everyone has like an online program. And as you all know, the digital world is really loud. It's messy. It's crazy. And there's just a lot of noise. So in order to stand out, your messaging needs to be extremely specific. So that way, when I'm posting things, and someone has that problem. So for example, if someone is struggling with their stretch marks, when they're reading my pose, they literally feel like I know them. I specifically know all their struggles in the most intimate of ways. If I were to film you in a day, tell me that you struggle with your stretch marks without telling me that you struggle with your stretch marks. But what that means is I'm imagining right now, like if I were to watch one of my clients, I'm literally watching them struggle trying to figure out what they want to wear for the day and actually probably adding an extra 20 minutes every morning, which makes them late for work because they're trying to figure out unique and different ways to cover their stretch marks on their arms. Not only that, but they live in Arizona and it's hot and it's summer. They feel that they're going to get judged either way for having their arms exposed in a tank top where there are stretch marks and or covering them up in a long sleeve in 100 degree weather is still going to get eyeballs and judgment towards them. So they're fucked either way. So that's just an example. That's how specific you need to be with your messaging. It's literally thinking of ways that show you know your client's struggle in the most intimate of ways. And that's what makes your marketing or your messaging, that's what's going to make it stand out amongst everyone else who's just talking about covering your stretch marks to, or camouflaging your stretch marks so that you can feel confident. The other thing I learned from Brandon is that 70% is perfection. And that was really, really key, especially because with messaging, marketing ads, you're always testing to see what lands. And every social media platform is different. So what works on Facebook isn't going to work on TikTok or Instagram. Everything is all about testing. And what ends up happening, and I see this a lot with my students, and I see this a lot with entrepreneurs, is that we all want and strive for perfection. 
But what ends up happening is profession leads to procrastination because a lot of people will hold off and waste time from actually launching their podcast, for example, because things aren't perfect, because they don't have the perfect name, the perfect logo, the perfect branding colors, the website, etc. I really love this concept from Brandon because he's like, if 70% of it is done, if 70% of it is clear, that's perfection. Like just run it. Because there's no way you're going to get close to perfection unless you just put it out there. And even if it fails, even if it bombs, you're still one step closer through that experience on how to pivot it. So that way you get closer to what it is that you need it to be. Really, in the grand scheme of things, when we want something to be perfect, it just stems from our own insecurity and fear. Because if we were really to think about what perfection is, like what does that actually mean? We never take the time to really figure out what that endpoint is, like for it to be perfect. We're just always striving for perfection, but we actually haven't truly defined what perfection is. Because if we were really going to define what perfection is, when does it stop? Is perfection when you have that perfect website, branding, logo, perfect website photos, profile photo? When does it stop? And it never stops. I really loved that habit change from him, which is to really challenge that if it's 70% there, just run with it. I've owned that. And in a weird way, it's actually made me feel even more confident because I'm proud of myself for putting shit out there that is only 70% done, that doesn't have all the pieces together. And it's always made me feel like I'm also 10 steps ahead of my competitors because I'm just throwing shit out there to kind of test it out, which is going to lead me to better content in the future because all the experience and the lessons that I'm learning from pushing all that content out there, it's allowing me to get clear on what it is that I need, like how to say it and how to communicate it in the way that my clients are going to hear it. The other thing I learned from Brandon is the value in just simply helping people realize what they don't have to do can actually create massive value and relief. I'm going to butcher the story, but he talks about how he used to run as a sport sprinting. There was a friend or someone he knew that was also sprinting and trying to beat their time. And usually it's like by seconds, right? Brandon just simply asked him like, well, what are you running with? And so he tells them the type of tennis shoes he's running with. And I think they were like cross trainers or something like that. Again, I'm butchering the story. But long story short, all Brandon did to help him beat his time and to run faster and sprint faster was simply by telling him not to wear the shoes that he was running with. Because even though those were good to train in, when you're actually sprinting, you need these other set of shoes. And that simple tweak is what helped his friends beat his time. That simple tweak. So essentially what the story is trying to convey to us is that in a world where you hear so many tactics, so many tips, so many things to do to get to point B, it can be exhausting because it's adding more things on your plate to do, which exerts energy, right? So it's actually costing you energy. Whereas if you simply tell someone to stop doing something that they're already doing, which can help them. So like letting go of something and that can actually provide value. That in itself creates massive relief and that relief. So instead of exerting energy, you've actually gained energy back because it's not something that you have to do. It's something that you just simply need to stop. And that in itself creates massive value. And I was just mind blown about that. When I think about camouflage tattooing, some of my clients will share that it takes them a ton of prep work to put body makeup on their stretch marks before they go out. It's a whole process. Sometimes they have to spray tan and then put body makeup over the spray tan to truly conceal it. And it'll be moments in their life where they will start analyzing whether this event is worth going to because of all the prep work that they need to do days before the event. If I simply told them, instead of being like, well, you could also buy this brand or maybe not spray tan and do it this way instead and then layer this powder on top of that, which will make it more realistic or whatever. I can literally provide value by telling them that they can stop doing that and get a camouflage tattoo, which means there's no prep work. It's permanent. That in itself allows them to gain so much more time back into their life because they're not exhausting it through all that prep work. So now being camouflage tattoo is a more permanent solution for them so that they no longer have to worry or even discern whether or not they want to go to an event because 
their stretch marks are already covered. So that was huge and something that I've been playing around with. The other thing I learned from him is that most of our clients, their problems exist because of the mistakes they're making. So I'm going to say that again. Our clients' problems exist because of the mistakes that they're making. When I think about a stretch mark client, her problem exists. The problem is, is that she feels insecure. She feels restrained, right? Because of her stretch marks. She can't go out to the beach in a bathing suit because she's so self-conscious about her stretch marks. So that is her problem. And the mistake that she's making that's causing that problem is that she continually hides her stretch marks by layering clothes or she limits the experiences that she can have spending time with her friends or her family out on the beach and making memories because she refuses to be out in public in a bathing suit. So that's a mistake. That's something that she's doing that's actually causing the problem to be bigger. So he has us do these exercises, which has been really interesting to see because again, If you can get them to realize that that's the mistake that they're making and that, hey, this is another option. This is a solution. This is actually what's going to solve your problem because the things and the ways in which you're trying to solve it now are wrong. If anything, it's actually magnifying the problem. Then that in itself creates huge life-changing value. And it's a shift in perspective. So kind of going back to earlier in this episode about like how valuable one shift in perspective can be for the entire trajectory of your life. It's huge. That's one of the things that I've been playing around with Brandon's programming, but I wanted to share it with you guys. I mean, again, if this is something that you want to dig further in, I'm not the master at this. So I would definitely recommend signing up for one of his programs or listening to this podcast because he shares a ton of wisdom on this. But that was a huge, huge game changer for me. And I don't have it all nailed down, but it is such a unique way of looking at things. And it's a unique way for me to look at other people's problems, even on a personal level, like my friends and some of the things that they're doing while they're dating and just kind of seeing how some of the actions that they're taking are actually continuing the problem. The last person I want to introduce you guys to is James Wenmore, and he also has a podcast as well called Mind Your Business. By the way, Brandon Lucero's podcast is called The New Generation Entrepreneur, and again, these will be all listed in the show notes. But James Wenmore, he is awesome. I think he does a really amazing job explaining things in a way that's simple to understand. He is definitely a thought leader, and what I love about him too is I feel like he really has perfectly bridge the integration of his spirituality and business all in one. And I love, 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 love his podcast, but I signed up for his digital entrepreneur program. And one of the first things that I learned from him right off the bat was a huge shift in perspective again, which is your business is a machine, not your baby. I can't tell you how often I used to say my business is my baby. Every time you say that, and if you truly believe that, how limited you are from growing. Because your business, and he's absolutely right, your business should never be your baby. If you think about babies, they're high maintenance. They require a ton of time and attention from you in order to literally survive. They're needy. They're incapable of doing a lot of things on their own. And it's exhausting, or it can be, right? As cute as they are. If you continually think of your business as your baby, you will always be tied to your business. You would never have any balance. You'd have no social life. And I think if you continually think that your business is your baby, you're going to eventually burn out and resent it, which is exactly how I felt a month ago. One of the things that James does in his program is really helps you begin to shift that thought from your business is your baby to running your business and beginning to make decisions as if it was a machine. A lot of things that James will teach you is how to own back your time, one, and then two, how you can begin to replicate yourself so that it's a well-oiled machine that can literally run on its own while you're on vacation or while you're spending time with your family or while you're working on your hobbies or whatever it is in that case. Like that is truly a successful business. And when I think about entrepreneurs, 
not only do we have this need to help people in a big way, make great money, but it's like, what is that money really leading you to? And a lot of entrepreneurs I know want freedom. They want the freedom to choose what they want to do with their time, whether it's family or vacation or whatever the case may be. And that's impossible as long as you are literally tied to it and treating it as a baby that needs your constant attention. Instead, choosing to look at your business as a machine and to think of things that you can delegate, things that you can replicate, things that you can replace, and things that you can let go of so that eventually you have this formula, this machine that's working independently of your time and attention. I'm not there yet by any means, but even this one glimpse of shift in perspective has definitely helped me make different decisions in my business that I'm playing out with because the end goal is, yes, I absolutely want this to be running as a machine and I would love to be making seven figures without it costing me a ton of time and effort. One of the exercises was asking us what our hourly rate was truly costing us. For this particular exercise, and this is something that you can do, is if you were to take a average 40-hour work week, and I know that, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're typically working more than 40 hours, but to simplify it, if you were to work a typical 40-hour work week, that's 2,040 hours a year. So that's 2040. So what he had us do was figure out what we wanted to make that year, like a good number, something that we would be completely stoked and proud of. If we put in a number, so I'm just going to use this example. So if I put in, I want to make $500,000 this year, and then I divide it by 2040. So if I were to work a 40-hour work week and make $500,000 a year, what would my hourly rate be? What would that actually cost me? So you take $500,000, you divide it by 2040, and you get 245. So that would mean that my hourly rate is $245. So when you think about all the things in your business, you create a work diary starting from the moment you wake up to the minute that you fall asleep. Every little thing that you do in your business, including getting back to phone calls, texting clients, checking your emails, deleting your emails, scheduling, rescheduling, taking payment, doing the services, doing the sales, managing the employees, their schedules, etc. Plus your marketing, right? Posting content, editing your video, putting it all together. He had us write down like a work diary. And if you begin to think like, okay, this one hour that I spend every day literally checking my emails, deleting and unsubscribing from junk or whatever the case may be, this one thing is costing me $245. It's like, would you pay someone to actually do that for you? Would you pay an employee in your business $245 to literally check your emails and clean up your inbox? The answer would be hell no. So why are you doing it yourself? He really helps us to begin to look at our time differently and what that truly is costing us in our business. And is it productive, right? Would I literally spend $245 an hour for someone to check my inbox? Hell no. That begins to kind of put it back on us in regards to being responsible on why it is that we're still doing that ourselves. So one of the first things that James had me do was hire a virtual assistant. And I hired a virtual assistant in the Philippines. She's awesome. I love her. Instead of it costing me $245 to go through my email every day, I pay her $100 a week, a week, not an hour, a week to literally clean my inbox and to unsubscribe junk. And she even organizes it and creates labels and folders and puts all those little things in there so that we can track everything. All of the people that are applying for a training, bills, whatever the case may be. And she has other things that she does as well for me. So when I began to break that down, I actually gained more time because it allowed me the space to do other things that were going to be more productive and worth, like in regards to the value, actually worth $245. That begins to kind of help you run and think of your business as a machine. Like what can you actually let go of? And what's truly, truly costing you? Because that hour spent cleaning up my inbox a day can be better served doing this podcast or servicing my clients, like literally tattooing people. 
that was a huge, huge eye-opening exercise for me. And hiring a virtual assistant, once you hire one, you'll wonder what took you so long to do it. And there's so many other people out there that can do editing for you for videos, social media, all of that stuff. It's beginning to delegate those things to someone else and pay them a fraction of the cost that is actually costing you dollar-wise from you being able to meet your goal. The other thing that James talks about a lot too is that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. That's so true. And I think a lot of times, even through my mentorships and stuff that I've done, it's absolutely true. The better the questions that you ask, the better the answers you're going to get. The other thing that he talks about is rest is in the work too. That's huge for me. I'm definitely working on that right now. Hopefully next year I can say I have been successful and that my whole life's changed because of it. But essentially, anytime we feel guilty or weird about taking time off, which I know all of you guys probably do because we're all entrepreneurs and we're always thinking about lack, right? We're always thinking about what else we could do, what we're not doing enough of. We feel guilty or we feel like we're being lazy or that it's actually destructive or sabotaging if we're resting, if we're not actually working. One of the things that James will say is, again, anytime you feel guilty or weird about taking time off because you feel like you should be working more or doing something productive, remember this, resting is part of the work. One of the last coaching calls he did, I had raised my hand to ask a question and I didn't get picked, but he had picked on someone that asked the question that I was going to ask, which is, How do you begin to balance that work of always knowing that there's more for you to do while also knowing that you need to rest too? When you think about it in energy, there's the feminine masculine. So masculine energy is a lot of doing. It's the action. It's taking control. It's doing, doing, doing. Feminine is the opposite of that. So it's where creativity lies. It's space. It's beingness. It's being present. It's resting. I love the way he answered it because the way he explained it was once you begin to honor the resting, the feminine energy, as much as you do for the masculine energy, you won't struggle with this anymore. You'll find balance. It's like the more that you can respect the creative process, the beingness, the silence, the presentness, the more that you can begin to respect that, the easier it will be. And it's so true because I know from personal experience, I don't respect it as much. I do value and tend to have a habit of respecting the action part so much more, right? Just do it. That's the society that we live in. Do more. It takes hard work. You got to work long hours if you're going to be ahead. If you want to be number one, you got to do things that everyone else doesn't want to do. And it's, again, that doing, 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 it leads to burnout because It's not a sprint. Everything that we do is a marathon. And even people who run marathons need to rest. They need to drink some water in order for them to truly finish the race. We forget that in the feminine energy, the creativity is what actually builds your business. The creativity is the ideas and the thoughts that begin to make you stand out. It's the things that lead you to be unique. It's the thing that leads you to be different in a world that's full of noise and copycatters and all of that stuff. So we forget that as long as we're doing, 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 there's no way that we can stop and think outside the box and to be really creative and to think differently. That's where the rest is, right? And then also the rest is where we can become more present with what it is that we want and become more in tune with others as well. It's really interesting because I definitely think I have more comfort in the doing and I'm beginning to challenge myself to be more comfortable with being, driving in my car in complete silence and providing space and freedom to not do anything and to kind of see where that leads me. Because I think sometimes if you're just in silence for the end goal to come out with something, that is basically another way of just doing. I'm not all the way there yet. It's something that I'm still practicing, but I'm looking forward to it. And I definitely know it's needed in my business as I'm evolving into this new chapter and I don't really know what that looks like for next year. But I do know that I need that time to rest. And that's what I'm really looking forward to in December. On the same token, not trying to give myself pressure that if I take three weeks of rest and I don't actually have a clear picture of what next year is going to look like, that somehow I failed. And that's really tricky and something that I'm going to be very aware of now that I'm saying it on a podcast. 
the other thing and the last thing that I really liked James's perspective on is asking yourself, what do you need to let go? A lot of us ask as entrepreneurs and business owners, we constantly ask ourselves, what else do I need to do to accomplish more? What else can I do? What else do I need to do? What more do I need to do? Oh my gosh, I need to do more. I need to do this. I need to get better at this. I got to start this without ever taking a moment to discover what's holding us back. What he means by that is instead of asking ourselves, what more can we do? We really should be asking ourselves, what do I need to let go of? That's been huge too. In my business, it's being okay with letting go of certain clients. Because even though I know I can help them, doesn't necessarily mean that I should be the one to do it. And being totally okay with setting some boundaries in my business and letting people go. Literally saying no to them. And I'm sure as I reflect on this, there'll be other things that I can think about. But I just really loved that lesson from him because we can get so wrapped up, especially as we are ending the year and thinking about our new year goals. We can get so wrapped up in all the things that we're not doing enough of. And as entrepreneurs, it will never stop. We'll always have something more to do. Because even when we reach that more, there will be still more to do. So it's really about instead of adding more things on my plate, what can I let go of? What can I let go of that doesn't serve me? What can I let go of so that this is a more enjoyable experience for me? What can I let go of so that I truly love every little bit of action and time that I spend in my business? So again, it's a really great question to ask yourself, maybe even journal about it. It's definitely going to be something that I look deeper on as December comes up. But it's one of my favorite things that has opened up my mind a bit more through James's program. I hope you guys found this enjoyable. To be honest, there's so many more things that I've learned from them. It's been an incredible experience being a part of their mentorships. You'll get another episode in December, I'm sure. There'll be some new exciting things happening as I take a step back from my business a bit. We just hired an artist and so hoping that she could start servicing more of our clients. Not that I'm like completely hands off of my business because it's not a machine just yet, but just kind of slowing down and allowing myself to have the space to be creative. So I am. I am excited to kind of see what that leads me to and being open to all the experiences. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd love to connect and help you more. If you have a question you'd like for me to answer, please send it to jade at studioconceal.com. That's J-A-Y-D at studioconceal.com. And I might highlight it on my podcast. I find what's often personal is most general. So if this episode helped you, please share it with a friend who may need the encouragement and inspiration. I'll catch you on the next one.